You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one and welcome all. It is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, 8.02 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are a little bit late getting off the runway here on the Blog and the Boys Roundtable, but we are here nonetheless. We promise to get you to your destination at the same time, even if that means we have to book it while in the air, 30,000 feet above the surface, obviously. You can watch us live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel. You can also watch those, uh, watch the show on those platforms at your own convenience. If you'd like to listen to the show only because you think we're ugly, you can do so on the Blogging of the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, write a review. If you listen to any Blog of the Boys material, watch any Blog of the Boys material, read any Blog of the Boys material, if you exist anywhere throughout the Blogging the Boys um universe you will see here and read uh the stylings of myself i'm arjo Choa. my voice feels like it's on demand i'm certainly curious to get everybody's thoughts and i am joined tonight by three fantastic horsemen the same who were with me a week ago a joke that we kind of uh grossly put together near the end of the show we will go in clockwise order which is the order of attendance uh in terms of people who got here on time david howman you were first to class here today uh were you first to class uh throughout high school and college um my, I know my parents like to watch this, so I will say yes, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was always on time, took my studies very seriously. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Howman, uh, David is one of the smartest people I've ever come across in my career. So you raised a fine young man, uh, so uh, be proud of him. Uh, next up, Danny Phantom, also a fine young man. Danny, you strike me as somebody, Honey uh, agrees, our newest puppy, um, who would be the kind of first person in class, sit up front, front row, you know what I mean, paying lots of attention. Well, you're close. I, I don't like to be late because I don't like to draw a lot of attention to myself, but I am not a front row. I was not a front row person. However, through my uh, years of you know aging, I do find myself sitting more in the front these days, more just because I need the vision. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I was never a too early guy, but I hated coming in, like walking in, you know, when a class already started. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was late to my English class every day, senior year of high school. Shout out to Miss McKenzie, if you're watching. Um, you taught me more than you know. Anyway, next up, Tony Catalina, who had the meanest joke after I had a poor haircut experience last Friday. Uh, Tony, you're wearing a beanie, so maybe you're not too proud of your hair yourself. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's getting cold up here. We're getting some snow right now, so I figured, you know, I might as well bundle up in the house. So. Okay, I like your hoodie, Tony. You look very comfortable. Like you look like you look like you could take a nap in kind of all the materials that you're in. I, and I mean that in a very complimentary way. I mean, that's what I go for, right? <laughs> that's that's my style. Well, uh, Tony, um, this is kind of our Thanksgiving show. We we teased that last week. Uh, we were all supposed to bring something. As I understand it, you have brought the deviled eggs. But before we get to that, what is your background? Because I think you were going for a Thanksgiving theme, um, yeah. and I really need you to explain it to the podcast audience because. I don't know if you landed this. Um, I don't think I did either because um, there was a couple of happy Thanksgiving ones. They didn't fit too well in the Zoom background. But, 
you know, I there's a pumpkin, there's a football, there's turkey, and then it threw me off when I seen the candy cane up there in a present. So I guess that's kind of my mindset. I am kind of I do put the Christmas before the Thanksgiving a little bit. So I guess this does kind of land home for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I thought I saw a candy cane. Um, that's a really contentious subject around here. Danny Phantom, you actually had kind of a, a rules tweet earlier today on Tuesday. You said you can't put Christmas decorations up to the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, there was something about pies, um, something about, I mean, I, there was like eight or nine different rules that you kind of lambasted on the general public. It was just guidelines and there was just, just four of them. And it's a, you know, nothing, nothing special, but I do, I do follow a structure and, you know, I, I stick to it. Okay. Uh, Howman, um, you did bring your dish. This was kind of our Friendsgiving, blogging the boys giving, so to speak. Um, I, um, so our tasks were, I was going to bring a Whataburger, um, but as the host of the show, I didn't think it would be a good idea for me to have not eaten it and then eat, given that I talk so much here. So I have my sweet tea. Uh, for the you know, audio audience only. I have already eaten the burger, so I've got my prop here with me. Howman, you were supposed to bring pumpkin pie, um, much to our kind of universal disapproval, uh, but you were down and you did do it. So let's yeah. see it. I, I got my pie right here. I, I have the full pie, like I said. I, I went ahead and sliced it. And I'm going to see how many slices I can get through before we end the, the podcast episode today. Somebody uh, or some people would say that this is a more apt thing to consume, like for a free agency episode for the Cowboys. Like there's only so much pie to go around. Uh, but Howman is, is one bite in for the podcast audience. Uh, Tony, you tweeted about this. You were very proud. Um, yeah. I'm going to assume that Rachel had a hand in this. Um, that are, are you shaking your head? Did you make the yeah, devil? 100 percent all me. This is actually I, I made a joke that I do nothing, but I, my job really is to bring the devil egg. So it's, it's easy for me. Okay, well, that would have been the part where you kind of show them to the crowd. Like, that was the yeah. whole, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I don't want them to slide off the plate, but they are here. They they do, you know, I will eat them. They blend in nicely with the Zoom, so, but they're here. Okay, Danny, I don't remember what you um, lied and said you were going to bring because you didn't bring it, uh, but you said you did bring um, the refreshments at the very least. potato salad is what you were yeah. bring. Yeah, Ooh. so I, I actually said macaroni salad. That's what it was. And- I did. I did actually make an effort. I, I I tried to convince my wife to to make the make this up. You know, a couple of days before she's, you know, we have the, all the food, and uh, she just kind of gave me a glare like that was a terrible idea. So as a result, I, I found it. Uh, it's just easier for me to just have a nice cold, refreshing drink and enjoy the company, you guys. I want to watch Howman down a whole pie, and uh, you know, Tony eat his own deviled eggs. You know this. This is going to be wonderful. You know, you guys are going to be sick by the by the time the show's over. Yeah, uh, we have a lot to get to, obviously. Um, but um, I do have, I guess, one question for Tony, because I'm not a deviled eggs person. Um, it looks like you're eating them in bites. I feel like that wouldn't be something that I would eat in bites. Like, I feel like you would have to kind of eat the whole thing at once. Is that proper protocol when it comes to deviled egg? Like, educate us, please. I mean, yeah, I think you're supposed to one bite it. But my, my dentist tells me I have a small mouth. So it's one of those things where I can only really do two. So <laughs> that's that's me. This is going to be the best show ever. I did not expect to um, to get a shout out for your dentist on uh, on tonight's show. Uh, Clayton Lockhart says, uh, what's up, RJ? I just smashed that like button. Go Cowboys. Uh, so everybody should hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Those things help us out. Rick says that I am definitely sounding better. Um, again, I can't believe how long I've been sick, but um, such is life with a two-year-old, Danny Phantom. You would know that well. Uh, David has offered you, David, three points for pumpkin pie. Uh, Rick has offered you points 
Tony, uh, just in general. So five points. Uh, this is where we stand right now. 20 points to Tony and Howman, 10 to Danny Phantom. Because uh, Tony and Howman, you at least lived up to your end of the bargain. So uh, well done, Danny. You have some room to make up. Danny, you get to start. And we have the super cliche, what Dallas Cowboys thing are you thankful for? You can take this any way you want. It could be a current thing. It can be an all-time thing. This is our Thanksgiving show. So it's kind of like your your classic sitcom. It's a little bit of a clip show, you know what I mean, where they're playing the hits from the past. Um, you can do whatever you want. It could be Jimmy Johnson going to the Ring of Honor. The floor is yours, Danny Phantom. I mean, for me, I'm a simple person. And, you know, the things that I'm thankful for, you know, and typically all the basic stuff, you know, like family things, all the, all the stuff everybody's thankful for. But when it comes to the Cowboys, what I'm particularly thankful for is just a relevant season. I love to get to this point in the Cowboys to play for something. Like we get here and we we have this belief that, you know, maybe this could be your year. You know, this we're certainly one of those teams that have a, have a shot. Cowboys are winning football games. I mean, what is it, seven and three, three straight years? I mean, we're coming into this uh, time of the year. So to, I'm thankful for that because there's a lot. You look around the league, there's a lot of teams, and they're already looking at draft boards, and they're just like, are they know they're not going anywhere? That would be that would be terrible, and I, I feel bad for that. And so me, you know, I like to count my blessings and, and you know, things that I'm grateful for, for sure. It's this uh, to have a, a winning football team. Okay, that is really well said, Danny Phantom. Uh, you mentioned it. The Cowboys are seven and three for the third straight year. I wrote about this. Uh, Mike McCarthy became the second head coach in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to win at least seven of his first ten games on three separate occasions. Obviously, he's done it three years in a row. The only other head coach in franchise history to do that is, of course, Tom Landry, who did it like 90 million times because he was the coach forever. Uh, so, Howman, I don't know if you're thankful for Mike McCarthy. That is going to be my answer if nobody takes it. But um, to Danny's point, the Cowboys are a competitive team. They're in the mix. They are a reliable Super Bowl contender. There's a lot to be thankful for in that sense, but you can go any direction you, we, you, know, you want, as you mentioned. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing I'm not thankful for is the wide receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> that was... Just a brutal game to watch as, as a team that needs the Eagles to, to lose a couple of games here before the, their next matchup. Um, one thing I am thankful for, I, I am going to go with uh, maybe it's a low-hanging fruit, but Jimmy Johnson officially being inducted into the Ring of Honor. It's impressive that he was actually able to get inducted back, all the way back in 1923. Um, but I, I think that, that was just a really cool moment, especially the way it was so impromptu and just, you know, we're sitting down like, oh, yeah, time time for the game to start so early and then suddenly it's like oh jimmy johnson like what's happening is this actually is this actually going to be his ring of honor induction or is it going to be like he's there to announce some new corporate sponsor and get our get our hopes up again and so like when it actually happened and the way that it all unfolded and it was just kind of it felt like they threw it all together at the last moment and you could barely even hear what they were saying because the the stadium music was playing so loud but the fact that it actually happened after we've been asking for it for so long and, you know, the, the 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 people who say that there's like a curse on Jimmy Johnson, like he hasn't been adopted yet. That's a curse that plagues this team. You know, Jerry has done his part to lift that curse and hopefully it manifests itself in a really good ending to this season. And I mean, the Cowboys are 1-0 since announcing his induction to the Ring of Honor. So only good things from here. Um, I promise all of you, the audience included, that on December 30th, I am going to tweet, on this day, 100 years ago, Jimmy Johnson was inducted into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Tony, you um, are fascinated by these things in the same way I am. Uh, Howman kind of described it. It was really strange how the Ring of Honor thing unfolded. 
Um, like I know that a lot has happened obviously since then the Cowboys played a game and it was really fun and Deron Bland and all this stuff, but like, it was so random. Like, I mean, they were in care. It wasn't like they were in Philly or, or somewhere where they could like maybe steal some thunder. Like they were at the house of the worst team in the NFL. Like it, I mean, I kind of almost want to, you know, hindsight believe Jerry when he used to say like, this is going to be a spur of the moment thing. Like it felt like he kind of came up with the whole thought in like five minutes and had to act on it. And everybody had to follow suit. Yeah, it was actually really funny to see the beat writers that we all know and respect, like all kind of say like announcement coming in 20 minutes and and nobody really knew, but they kind of all knew what was going on. And then we all had to like mentally prepare for like, is this really the moment? And you would hate to like think all of a sudden they're going to announce a new cryptocurrency thing that they're working on. And then so at the end of the day, like for it to end up being Jimmy Johnson, it really was textbook jerry jones like a ho-hum noon kickoff game you know against the bad carolina panthers team not much eyes on it you know what let's get jerry jones on you know with jimmy johnson on the pregame show and let's announce something that is way overdue so i think it was a really a really cool moment danny um you're an older fan than us at least um and i say that respectfully um and i don't say what i'm about to say to put you in this space but i thought a lot about my dad uh when this came out and i thought about uh people who were of an impressionable age when the 90s cowboys were obviously doing their thing like this is something that those people deserve i would certainly wouldn't say just as much as jimmy but i also you know friend of blog of the boys tony casillas like players who played for the Cowboys and for Jimmy Troy Aikman's gone to bad for Jimmy Michael Irvin Emmett Smith like this is something that so many people kind of deserve to experience like this is this is more than just a standard person going into the ring of honor which is a cool thing in and of itself it is you know I mean I totally agree and I, I do I mean I'm sure a lot of the the, the players that played for Jimmy are, are real happy for him too um but you know as an older fan and as someone who had to kind of endure uh it will enjoy the Cowboys' success, but then endure this uh, narcissistic owner basically just kind of, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for J Jerry Jones, the, the person now, and I, I think he's grown tremendously, but I didn't. Uh, you know, when you talk about how he had something good and then they really could have, um, I mean, the Cowboys could have just ran wild for, for more years if they would have just kept that marriage together. And I and I know that that Jimmy certainly had his part in that too, but uh, it's it's very frustrating and it's very it makes me angry that just the way that Jerry handled this whole thing and I think that you know, it is long overdue and it's 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 sad that it actually took this long and I'm glad that it's finally over but at the same time it's it's kind of just a reminder of Jerry you know you know why you got to be that way and uh, and and you know what how things weren't always so great you know in the mid 90s when the Cowboys could have just had more success so. You know, it's, I guess it's bittersweet or, you know, but uh, glad that it's finally something that we no longer have to talk about. That's true. And glad that everyone will get to experience it. Um, you know, that's obviously something people talk a lot about when it comes to the Hall of Fame, uh, putting elder people in so that they can fully experience it. Uh, it is something that should be celebrated, that they should get to obviously celebrate with their families and friends and everybody involved in their football journey. Tony Catalina, let's come back to the question at hand. What Dallas Cowboys thing are you thankful for? You know, for me, it's it is that time, right? You you, you take you take thanks, you think back, you you give gratitude because when you look around the NFL, 
you could really see that there's a real talent problem at the quarterback position. I see teams all the time like Tim Boyle is going to start and Zach Wilson's out there pretending to be a quarterback. And there's a lot of poor quarterback plays. So I'm going to sit here and say I'm thankful for for Dak Prescott and, and what he's been able to do, not only this year, but he's been a consistent figure throughout his career. I know there's a lot of divisive conversation about him, but think, but think about the position we could be in, right? If you think he's a top 10 guy, which I do, I think he's comfortably within the top 10. It could be so much worse, even if you are the most pessimistic Cowboys fan, to have this guy here, to never have a losing record when he's involved at quarterback. Like, you know, Danny mentioned, you know, just to to be consistently good, to be in the fight, it's one of those things where it just feels good to have a quarterback that you know is capable to play at a high level. Now, can we get it to another level? Can we take it up another notch? It's a whole nother question. But, you know, when you're sitting around eating, you know, deviled eggs and, and pumpkin pie, be <laughs> thankful that we're not, you know, the Jets or the Bears or some other team that is really struggling just to find their guy. Hellman, um, I think that. You know, there's a particularly specific level of thankfulness or gratitude that Cowboys fans should have for Dak Prescott and even Tony Romo, obviously, given the unconventional path the team, you know, incidentally took towards finding them. Like, this isn't a team that had to, you know, go through a season and say, okay, we're going to draft Caleb Williams next year. It's going to totally work out. Like, that's going to be the solution. Like, they completely stumbled into this, and he has become obviously not just a top 10 quarterback, to Tony's point, but a top one human being. I mean, like, he has been such a great ambassador for the Dallas Cowboys. Something I like to say is he's, he's just – he's a dream of a quarterback to root for. You happen to be wearing his jersey tonight, obviously. Yeah, and I got him on the on the background behind me too. Um, I mean, this is you know, Dak Prescott has been everything that you hope for when you when you get a quarterback and and what you want him to be. Um, you know, off the field, obviously, he's been a tremendous leader. He's he's one of the top leaders in the locker room. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award last year. Um, his play on the field, like you know, you can go ahead and have the debate about where does he rank among like top ten, top five quarterbacks. Certainly that's a debate a whole lot of people have had and will continue to have till they're blue in the face. Um, but I mean, to have the kind of production that he's had for his career, for being a fourth round pick, for being a guy that a lot of people, when he was first drafted, they wrote him off as, you know, oh, he's, he's just going to be some developmental project. He's never going to actually amount to anything. A lot of people said in the draft, you know, he's, he's just a, he's a college quarterback. He can't actually adapt to the NFL and then comes in right away, thrown into the fire as a rookie and he just performs and he's been performing ever since. Um, you know, and, and to your point about like, you know, both him and Tony Romo, like they didn't get them the conventional ways and, and the way that they ascended to the starting role has been kind of by accident. Um, you know, I don't think that when they got either of these guys, they actually envisioned what they've become. And so that's, that's a very thankful thing, um, to, to have a quarterback like this, especially when you look around at all these other quarterbacks that get drafted really high, have not really either haven't panned out or there's been a lot of growing pains along the way to get to them. You know, even the ones who have mostly worked out like, you know, Josh Allen, he's been a really good quarterback, but he's got his struggles and we've seen that. And he, he has issues with, you know, ball security, actual issues with ball security as opposed to the one outlier year that Dak had last year. So that that's a really good point. I think is just, um, you know, looking at the rest of the league and being thankful for what you have, even if you, even if you come back at the end of the day and say, well, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes, like, Oh, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. Be thankful for what you have. He's a good quarterback, and the Cowboys are lucky to have him. Okay. All of these are very good answers. Danny, I know you have been looking forward to mine because I said I was going to say Mike McCarthy. Uh, but I have uh, I have 
thrown enough praise Mike McCarthy's way, I think, on enough roundtables that I'm going to pivot and go a different direction. <coughs> Excuse me. Still a little bit sick, obviously. Um, I'm thankful for CeeDee Lamb. Uh, when the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb, we all thought – we all crowned him. Like, like we, I mean, the Cowboys literally – you know, forced the number 88 on him, like strapped him to a chair and, you know, whatever, like pressed it onto his T-shirt. They were like, you are going to do this. You are going to live up to this. And he's kind of done that. I mean, like, I don't know that we give him enough credit for that. Um, he has really lived up to the legacy. And obviously, Des Bryant did before him. And I certainly love Des. Uh, it just feels a little bit different. Um, now, I know people had their issues with Des. I think it was dumb. However, you know, people would get upset about his, you know, kind of emotions on the field. I mean, uh, I think it's well documented that Des was just trying to help the team. But CD has gone about this in a very, you know, sort of CD way. It's unique to him and his skill set. And even this year, like to very selflessly, uh, you know, ask petition to be involved more and then to completely and totally live up to it like not just play well but literally set records in the process um he has blossomed into an alpha uh which you know some players when they get drafted in the situation that cd was in with amari cooper in the fold their their wings are kind of kept a little bit tight to the, the chest tight to the vest you know early on but cd has grown and flown and he is everything that we could have wanted him to be tony catalina yeah, I mean, I, that was probably one of the more excited I've ever been for a draft pick, right? It was one of those things where at pick 17, we all saw it like unfold the way it did. And there were some people that was like, there's no way they're going to do this, right? Like, there's no way they're actually going to do the right thing. And when they did, I think Cowboys Nation as a whole collectively like lost their mind. So CD Lamb to ascend, like I remember two training camps ago i've said this on the round table before everyone had this massive expectation for him and it just didn't really go the way we had hoped it would it wasn't like a terrible season but it wasn't what we thought it was going to be he's just absolutely taken you know the cowboys wide receiver room by storm the league by storm and ever since that 49ers game it's been a complete like 180 of just how they use him and what he how productive he's been and it's a great thing to see danny are you upset that the cowboys did not draft caleb on chase on at 17. I am not. Uh, I'm, I'm still a little surprised because, um, you know, I remember uh, David Hellman, you know, I was watching the draft show when this was all happening to it. I think, I think a lot of us were just scared that they weren't going to draft CD and nobody expected him to be there. But then when he was there, that didn't necessarily mean the Cowboys were going to take him to. It was like, we, we were all pleasantly surprised, but um, I totally agree. And I, I sing all the same praises for, for lamb to me, honestly, I think, I know it's, Way too early to be saying this. He's only in year four, but I think he's he's probably the most talented uh, of the 88s. Just when you look at all the boxes that he checks off, I just think that the way he's handled himself too, uh, like you mentioned with coming in with uh, with Amari and stuff. But and even earlier in the season when the the, the play calling was just trash and he <laughs> and he was frustrated. You know, you well, I mean, CD Lamb was pretty upset, and that 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 to me was a kind of a that wasn't a good feeling because you knew things were really wrong when, cause lamb's not that kind of guy. He's, he's not the, you know, like Brian did, did have some issues when he would show his emotions a little more. Um, but lamb's doing everything. He's a, he goes out there. He, this guy doesn't, I mean, he's, he's resilient. He blocks for you. You know, he takes shots over the middle. He's just does, you know, he'll run the end of rounds. He's part of, he's part of the offense. He just does so many things. And I think he's a, just a dynamic player. And he's just really easy to like. And his production, I mean, you, you compare it to the other other guys, and he's obviously he's off to a much better start than all of those guys. 
Um, so I, I think he's a special player. Super. I think it was a great choice. I think you made a, a you made a great pivot there, RJ. And uh, but for sure, CD Lamb is. A, I'm so grateful that the Cowboys have him. Howman, Kevin notes 88s have to have some emotion and speak up. I, I do think that was a bit of an evolution in CD's game. Um, and, and and he went about it in his own unique way that is is specific to his persona. Um, but but that is kind of a hallmark quality of players who wear that number for this organization. Yeah, they, I mean, there's there's a standard when you wear the 88 that you have to be – you can't just be a good receiver. You have to be great. You have to be dominant. And – and, you know, there, there's so much, like, stereotype around receivers being, like, a diva and, and always being, like, you know, e- even when they're, you know, if, if they're dropping passes or if they're always in double coverage, they're like, just throw it to me. Like, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'm, I'm the best. I'm that good. Um, and, and CD's never really, like, been that type, at least, uh, you know, outwardly. Um, but for him to kind of go in this nonchalant way and say, like, hey, you know, let's let's try to get me more involved. And then, you know, like you were saying – they did, and he just completely answered the call, and he's he's been absolutely phenomenal ever since. I mean, he was doing already; he was really, really good. But I think, you know, this this last little stretch really showed that he is very much squarely in that eighty-eight club. Like he is fully deserving of having this number forced on him, even though he didn't actually want it. But he's he's lived up to the billing, and and you know, he, he may not be the Michael Irvin or the Des Bryant personality, but the way the way that he is on the field. That's really what it comes down to, and he's been as advertised. All right, so um, let's kind of get to this week for the Cowboys and beyond. Uh, Halman, you very infamously thought that the Panthers game would be a trap game for the Cowboys. Um, we can put that in your take about Leighton Van Der Esch not making the 53-man roster last year. Uh, you know, everybody has misses. You know what I mean? Those are, are kind of year two. Um, but uh, on a 1-10 to 10 scale, Tony, we'll start with you. How much of Thursday is a trap game in your mind? 10 is Admiral Akbar. It's a trap, which I know is a reference that's completely lost on you, Tony. Uh, zero is like, they're going to win 100 to nothing. I'm not worried about this whatsoever. Hook the trip to fan up to my veins right now. I'm ready to just be in a coma on Thanksgiving Day. I'm a little north of five. I think I'm I think I'm settled in at a six, and it's because of the familiarity with the opponent. It's the fact that they got embarrassed last week. It's the fact that I think Sam Howell has that like gunslinger, like YOLO ball in him that he can just throw it up and, and be aggressive because like why not? Um and I'm in to be honest with you, I think this team has much more talent than the last two opponents we saw. Like Giants, I really wasn't worried about it. I really, really wasn't worried about the Panthers. But this week, I'm not calling for a loss. You know, I, I already sent my prediction to Howman in the article. Like, I'm confident that they're going to win a game. I just think that there's a lot of other factors that come into this game, right? It's nationally televised. Everyone, if you don't get up for this football game, you're not going to get up for any of them besides maybe the Super Bowl. So, you know, one of those things, it's it's probably going to be tighter than it should be. I The Cowboys sometimes play down to their opponent. It's the middle of the week. We got guys who are come, you know, a little banged up after you know four days of rest. So I still think they can win by seven or ten points, but I think it'll be a little tight. The Cowboys are currently favored by eleven points, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Danny Phantom, would you lay that many, or what is your number here on the trap game scale? So, well, you know, I don't believe in trap games, um, but I do believe in un- being a little unprepared. And I'm going to say I'm just a little norther of of, uh, of Tony, even though I don't even know if he gave a number. But I just uh, he said six. Oh, he did. Okay, so I'm, I'm seven. Then uh, that's where I'm going to go. And it's and it's for the same reasons that he list, listed. I think that the, you know these guys do know each other very well. But 
I just feel like that, you know, there's a lot of um, opportunities for the Cowboys to kind of just not have success against this team, you know, coming, you know, um, I, I mean, obviously their home record, they've been outstanding and I don't think they've been really playing down to Neil. I think they've just been pretty much laying it to teams, but you know, Washington is one of those teams that they, you know, they do. I mean, we remember they beat, they beat Cowboys pretty good last year. And do, do we like, does anybody really believe that they beat the Cowboys? Like, cause that was a kind of a, a half game for Dallas where they were sort of, they were scoreboard watching the Eagles. Like it wasn't their full out effort. Well, it wasn't a very good performance by, by many players. And I mean, I don't know what, how you want to describe that or, or count that, but it would, they just didn't come out there and play well. And I know that there are times where this team, I I wasn't very happy with how things were on the offensive side of the ball this past week. And I think if Washington comes out and, and has one of those game plans and, and they're able to kind of stifle them a little bit, it could just create a little bit of a game script where there's some opportunities. And like Tony said, with, you know, how has some ability to, to make some plays and I I'm, am I worried? Not really, but would it surprise me if, if Washington was came out and, and, you know, was upset the Cowboys, it, it wouldn't completely shock me, no. Howman, um, when we look at the Cowboys division rivals and the success that they've had against them in the Dak Prescott era, the Giants are universal. Like, the Giants are the, the runt of the litter. Like, not even, like, nobody worries. Like, our, you know, if we're hooked up to a polygraph test, like, we're super calm when the Cowboys play the Giants. When it comes to the Eagles, I think we're calm because Dak is calm in the eye of the storm. But it is a storm nonetheless. The commanders are kind of strange. Like, I mean, they are a bit more random. Uh, some weird, fluky things have happened against them in the past, sometimes at FedEx Field. Um, so I do kind of understand, you know, Tony and, and Danny being a little bit panicked here. But where are you? Well, I'm, I'm not really that panicked. Um, I, I do want to defend my honor on calling the calling the, the trap game last week. And I, I got to say, honestly, like looking back, I think I was right to be worried because most of my worry came from the the concern that they would just that the Panthers would have you know come out with a lot to prove and that the Cowboys wouldn't take them seriously. Keep in mind at the two minute warning in the first half, it was a one score game. It was ten to three Cowboys, oh, and then they went on that drive. They had two different third and longs that they failed to convert and only picked up the first down because of really boneheaded penalties from the Panthers. So it's not like I mean they ended up running away with it in the second half. They absolutely established their dominance, but. Early on, the Panthers showed up to play in that game, and and credit to the Cowboys for taking them seriously and and putting it out. And that's one of the reasons I'm not worried about this game is because I think that really showed me that this is a team that understands you can't take these games for granted anymore. They learned their lesson from the Cardinals game. Um, you know, with it being Washington, obviously there's going to be some some level of of added competitiveness there with the division rivalry. Um, but I mean, I look at this Washington team like Sam Howell. Yeah, he can he'll, he'll throw those YOLO balls and sometimes he gets them. But sometimes he also makes a big play for the defense. He's he had a really bad pick six to end the game this last week. And and he's had some you know, he's had some good throws. He's had some really ill advised throws. He also loves taking sacks. He holds the ball for a very long time. He doesn't have a good enough offensive line to do that. And this is a Dallas defense that thrives on creating pressure, getting sacks. I think that's just a bad matchup. And then the Washington defense, this is, I think, the worst defense that Ron Rivera's had since he came to Washington. They traded away both Chase Young, Montez Sweat. They don't have as much juice on that defensive line, which is really the strength of this defense. So I, I just look at where they're at as a team right now, especially with some of the losses they've incurred lately. That 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 team, that locker room, I don't think is really in a good spot traveling to Dallas 
on a short week and it being in Dallas where the Cowboys have been just absolutely insane, really, really good this year going into the last couple of years as well. I would say on a scale of one to 10, I'm putting this at a two. I'm not really that concerned. And the only reason it's a two and not a one is just because you never know with Washington. They're one of those teams like they can surprise you, but I'm not really concerned. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I think I'm at a five, um, so I'm, I'm a little bit south, I guess, you know, we're all just using the geographical directions um, all of a sudden, uh, but uh, a little bit south of Tony and Danny, but a little bit north of you, Hauman. Um, and it's really just the, like, the general nerves. I mean, like, it would really suck for the Cowboys to lose this game and then have to sit on it all day or all weekend long and watch the Eagles survive against the Bills. Like, that would just really kind of um, undo a lot of the goodwill that I think we're all feeling about the Cowboys. By the way, um, Thursday will be a very interesting day for the Eagles because I think we all agree the NFC right now is kind of a four-team race between Philly, Dallas, Detroit, and San Francisco. Three of those teams play on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and so if they all hold serve, that puts Philly uh, in another do-or-die spot, relatively speaking, on Sunday against Buffalo, but we'll obviously see what happens. Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles in a moment, but we did get a question or I guess a, a command uh, in the chat about this. Uh, so, Danny, let's start with you. Um, Tuesday saw the Indianapolis Colts wave linebacker Shaquille Leonard. Uh, he has to go through waivers, uh, but presuming he makes it through, should the Cowboys make a move? I would say probably not um wow. i don't think they're i don't wow. think they're gonna, i don't think they're going to be serious about it i mean should they should they kick the tires sure but you know how jerry jones likes to do that um he doesn't i don't think they're gonna have any type of serious interest in him i will i want to say that i haven't been paying close attention to how he's performing i don't know what's really going on with him uh this year i know what kind of player he had been uh so am i would i be interested in having a player like that you know, to help shore up this linebacker group? Absolutely. Do I think the Cowboys are going to take on that $6 million salary for the rest of the year when they got overshone, you know, coming back next year? I mean, nothing's part of the future. It's all going to be $6 million this year, and that's it. You know, and, and and honestly, they've been getting good uh, production out of their young guys. And so I just don't feel like the Cowboys will be, will be serious about it. So to me, it's like I'm not – it's not anything that I'm thinking is going to um, have any sort of serious meaning. Howman. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really getting my hopes up for this one. Um, I think if he clears waivers and they 
you know, I, I think it's perfectly valid for them to touch base with him, see see where he's at, see what he's looking for, what he's wanting. If they were to add him like on the practice squad, bring him up as like a standard elevation to kind of see what he can do, get him in the mix a little bit. Um, that, that would be something that's fine with me. One thing I do want to point out, last two years in Indianapolis where he's been playing, granted that's been the two years where he's kind of seen his decline in play and that's why he wasn't playing and ultimately led to his, his uh, being waived. Um, but his defensive coordinator was Gus Bradley, who's very, very close with Dan Quinn. So uh, they, they go way back having worked in Seattle with, with that Legion of Boom defense. So as far as like the Cowboys trying to do their due diligence, obviously they have a whole scouting department dedicated to that. But you've also got Dan Quinn able to just talk to his buddy Gus Bradley and say, hey, like, what's the deal with him? Like, how is he to work with, you know, what is he within this scheme and everything? So. I think they'll they'll have plenty of intel, be able to make a really good informed decision one way or the other as it relates to Shaquille Leonard. Anthony. You know, it's funny. I my cousin Matt, you know, shout out my cousin Matt. He's a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan. So I, I messaged him when it happened and we actually had a conversation about, you know, Shaq Leonard and Leighton Vander Esch last week because we had talked about how, you know, Leighton Van Esch was a pro bowler and Leonard ended up being an all pro. And we both thought like the trajectory on these guys career was going to be probably more sustaining and much higher than it actually turned out to be. But I say all that to say, like we had talked about it and his, as far as production goes, he, he was getting off the field. He was losing reps. He, he had like a uh, injury history that affected him on the, on the field. Um, it really just, his production the last couple of years hadn't been that great. Now, mind you, the number cap wise seems to be a large number. So many in the know believe that he won't be claimed and he'll end up being a free agent because somebody over the talk about different numbers and get him on a more palatable contract. In that instance, though, I would be intrigued by that, right? I think he would be too. It's where a team with playoff Super Bowl aspirations, we have a perceived need at linebacker. I mean, as well as Marquise Bell is playing, a guy's 205 pounds and he's a safety by trade. Like at the end of the season, it's attrition's going to wear onto these guys. We already brought in Rashad Evans. So I don't think it's a crazy idea to hope that he slips through waivers and you can have Jerry Jones put a little bit of magic talk to maybe the com the conversation is, you know, uh, uh, an advantageous one for both parties, right? The money is right. So I'd be interested in it, but I'm not expecting to get this guy at, you know, top of his game or really to be a starter productive guy. But I think is him as a body could help. Yeah. Let's just get that whole 2018 class on the same roster, right? Like Leighton Vanderish, obviously Rashawn Evans, uh, Darius now Shaquille Leonard. Um, just makes sense. Tony, by the way, I feel like you're taking the rest of this round table a little bit more seriously because you took the glasses off. So, like, I don't know if that's yeah. like, you know, you're here to play, you're here to win. Uh, in. in terms of score, though, Tony, you're sitting on 36 points, Howman 39, Danny 33. Before we move on, Danny, you took a sip. I need a, um, a deviled egg and a pumpkin pie uh, physical visual update from uh, you, Tony, and you, Howman. Got it. I'm already one in. Only one in. I thought I'd be far more advanced, but these things are dense, man. So <laughs> I'll probably eat a couple more. You Take made them. bigger bites. Yeah, you made them. You knew what would happen. You knew everything involved. Yeah. So that's I what, mean, that's why I go on mute when I'm not talking. I'm, I'm battling right now. Okay, how many? Yeah, it looks like how many? I'd say you've got like 35 percent of that pie taken care of. Was that kind of fair? Uh, I'm I'm finishing up my second slice. So okay. almost so almost 25 percent. So basically, Prescott's contract. <laughs> yeah, um, I made the mistake, uh, I think it was two years ago now, of tweeting. Uh, remember when the Cowboys had all those penalty issues in the preseason? 
Um, I tweeted that I would eat a slice of cheesecake for every penalty that they incurred against the Los Angeles Chargers. That was a bad day uh, to be me. The next day was actually worse. Uh, by the way, Howman, David has given you 3.14 points. Uh, very appropriate uh, in terms of pie. Uh, we don't hand out decimals, so I'll go ahead and round that up and give Howman uh, a nice even four. Uh, oh, that's not how you round. Oh, it is on, on the round table. Uh, Danny, you got five points from Kevin. I don't know for what, because uh, you don't have you just, Can you round it up to 10? No. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's kind of get to the question that everybody kind of has on their minds. Uh, Howman, you took a dig, obviously, at the Chiefs wide receivers. Can the Cowboys catch the Eagles? Um, that's, that's really what this is about at this point in some senses, uh, because I think we all agree if the Cowboys cannot, They'll be the five seed, and that is the most preferable non-one seed position to be in in the NFC. Cowboys sitting very pretty in that regard because of the Seahawks, Vikings, and Commanders all losing last week. But Howman, can the Cowboys catch the Eagles? Simple yes or no question. Yeah, I think they can. Um, obviously, they need a little, a couple of things to fall their way with the Eagles losing, but they do have a tough next couple of games. They, if I remember correctly, they've got the the Bills and the 49ers next before they play the Eagles. And those are both pretty good teams. The Bills kind of got back on track after they made a change at offensive coordinator. The 49ers had that losing streak, but then the last two weeks they've looked like the 49ers that, that were just absolutely dominating, shredding, and, and obviously, you know, tore up the Cowboys a little bit. Um, so that's going to be a really rough stretch for the Eagles. They just had this, you know, really it was a game they should have lost to the Chiefs, the Chiefs like, they, they just completely blew it. They literally dropped the ball. Um, they were leading the whole game, and then they they coughed up the ball, Travis Kelsey fumbling, and then Marquez Valdez scantling dropping what would have been the go-ahead touchdown. Um, and, and I was watching that, and I was like, this is not a game that the Eagles are winning. This is a game the Chiefs are losing. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they do against other teams like the 49ers, who the 49ers, when they're on, they're just like absolutely bonkers insane. The Bills are kind of in a similar situation, but they're a little more inconsistent. Um, but when they're playing to their level, as we saw with the Jets game this past weekend, like they're they're pretty good, and Josh Allen can be really deadly. So it's it, it's possible. It, the odds may not necessarily be very good, but they can definitely catch them. Um, I tweeted this out on Monday. Uh, you mentioned the Niners, Hammond. That's who the Eagles play next week. Early odds uh, have the Eagles only favored by, I think, one and a half. That's a home game. So Vegas thinks that on a neutral field, San Francisco is better. And by the way, if you recall, there used to, I think it's its changed, obviously. But last year, there was something like teams were like 0-13 the week after they played the Niners. I know I'm getting the number wrong, but I know you all remember the stat. The Cowboys get both the Seahawks and the Eagles the week after they play the Niners, um, if you put any stock into that. And you mentioned the Bills, Howman. The Cowboys get the Bills the week after Buffalo plays the Chiefs, which is obviously a significant game for them in the overall AFC playoff picture. Uh, Danny Phantom, can the Cowboys catch the Eagles? Cowboys are 7-3. and three. They still have that home game, obviously, against Philly on December 17th. Uh, no. Wow. Uh, I mean, I know what you're really asking is, will they catch them? Because obviously, mathematically, they can. Um, but I really think it's going to take a Philly called not collapse, but just kind of like a little bit of a rough stretch for those guys for this to happen. I think the Cowboys made this bad uh, back when they played Philly and they, and they missed their chance to, to when they didn't win that game. But for me, I think it, it comes down to the fact that Philadelphia has such a soft finish 
And so the Cowboys really need to get this done right now. It's it's like it has to happen right now. I'm not so worried about the, the Kansas City game because it doesn't have such a strong significance in the whole tiebreaker um, situation. But this Buffalo game and this San Francisco game, it's got to happen. It's got to happen now. I mean, there's really no time to, to mess around. And also, too, is is I feel like for the Cowboys to actually do this, you're you're almost like asking them to run the table and and not even lose another game, which which would be extremely difficult for them to do. I think if you look at the way the Cowboys have played this season and the way McCarthy has kind of um, worked through this, you know, if if he's doing things the right way, which I, I certainly hope that he is, you know, they're they're trying to work some things out and they're and there's. They're not just—they're not ready to go and 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 just lighten everything on fire right now. It's, it's kind of a, a figuring things out sort of thing, and, and we're seeing improvements as the season happens. Like I thought, the offensive line had one of its better games that we've seen in a while, and you're seeing starting to see some things come together. With, and I feel like that's kind of been the formula. And if that's what it is, there's going to be some more things we got to learn from, you know, some things we have to figure out with with part of this team. So I just don't think the Cowboys have the margin of error to to overcome, to catch them. I think we missed our chance. And it's just, it's a tough ask. So I'm, I'm going to say no, that it's not going to happen. Tony, I hate to say I kind of agree with Danny because the Cowboys are going to lose another game. So like, it's, it's difficult to imagine that they're going to even get enough help from other teams as far as Philly losing just to break even. Um, and then again, if you if you give them even more room for error, it's all the more difficult. But uh, your thoughts: Will the Cowboys win the NFC East this year? I, I mean, I think- and I'm I'm lagging a little bit right now, so if I'm late, I apologize. But um, <laughs> I will say, you know, it it is it is a bit of a challenge. Everything Danny's saying, I 100% agree with. To be honest with you, it's. I penciled in this Chiefs game as a loss. Like I thought, the, I thought the Eagles were going to lose this game, and I mentioned that they would have to go, you know, three and two or two and three in this five game stretch for it to even be realistic. And you know, I for me to pencil this a loss and it doesn't happen, like it kind of dampens it a little bit. And you mentioned how, you know, well the Cowboys have to continue to play, and they're in there so you know, quote unquote, easy stretch right now, but it's only going to get harder at the end of the season. And uh, if the Eagles come out of their hard stretch unscathed or, you know, with one or two losses, like it's, it, it becomes more daunting of a task. So, uh, so I tweeted it out yesterday and I stand by it. Um, You know, at the end of the day, like just worry about what you got to worry about, right? Win the football games, secure what you can secure. If, if the Eagles help you out with losses, they help you out. If not, you know, it is what it is. You go and you live the fight and hopefully you play an NFC South opponent. Um, I disagree. I'm going to worry about everything. That's, that's what I want to, I'm, I want to worry about every single thing. Like I'm, I'm not going to just be worried about the Cowboys. I'm going to be panicked about every single thing that I possibly can be because that's just kind of how I roll. Okay. So I think we all kind of agree, uh, which is a bit of a bummer except for you, Howman. Um, Howman, you've been, I mean, Howman, you're not wrong. Like the Eagles are somewhat fraudulent, but like they just keep finding ways to win. And that's the most annoying thing in the world right now. Um, okay. So it is Tuesday, November 21st. The Cowboys are going to play two games in the next nine days, both of them on Thursdays. Uh, so we're going to go around the bend here. And by the way, score update as we entered the last question. Tony, you've got 50 points. Howman, 44. Danny, 52. Uh, this is anybody's game at this point in time. Howman, we will start with you. What is the most underrated important thing over the next two games besides health? By the by, uh, whatever Howman says can't be said by anybody else. So uh, Howman, you get to go first. You have the uh, inside track. The most underrated important thing, um, I think over the next two games, 
I, th- I think it's going to have to be their defense and, and the the ability to play well right out of the gate. We've seen this sometimes with with this Dallas defense throughout the season, where um, sometimes their their first couple of drives, either in the in the beginning of the game or to start the second half, they can kind of you know get get on their back feet a little bit. They get pushed around a little bit, um, and, and they it takes a little bit for the defense to really get into attack mode and really get to that point where they're just absolutely smothering and swarming. And with these next two games being Washington, with who we talked about, you know, Sam Howell being that aggressive gunslinger type. If he's, if he's going to come in and they have a really aggressive game plan and the Cowboys defense isn't able to just, you know, light it up from the very beginning, he can put you in a, in get you into a point where this is going to be a shootout. And, you know, I, I feel good about, our chances of Dak winning a shootout against Sam Howell, but at the same time, that's not that's not where you want to be. Similar with the Seahawks the week after. Geno Smith has, you know, since he came to Seattle and kind of had his career revitalization, he's been that kind of guy where he's gotten into a few shootouts, especially with the Detroit Lions, one of the better teams in the NFC right now, and the Seahawks in the last, uh, I mean, the last three years since Dan Campbell's been their head coach, they've they've played three different times. The Seahawks have beat them each time. Uh, and generally, Geno Smith has absolutely balled out in that game. And, and so these are kind of situations where these two teams are, if you let them, these offenses are capable of getting into a shootout. They're familiar with that territory. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about the Dallas defense a lot as being this dominant group. Um, for the most part, they are. They do have these little bit of, of challenges in the very beginning of games, in the beginning of the second half, where an offense that is capable of doing that can take advantage. And that's something I think would, would fly under the radar, but they need to really be on it for these next two games. That is a really solid answer, Hellman. Uh, it's a shame that Tony and Danny cannot use it. It was so good that it was worth 100 points. Uh, this is the score update right now, uh, where things stand after Hellman's answer. So uh, we are going in ascending order. So Tony Catalina, that means you are up next. What is the most underrated important thing over the next two games for the Cowboys besides health and defense getting out to an early lead? Yeah, I would say for me, it's – I would – talk about the offensive line, right? I think the continued, you know, gelling that they've done, right? I mean, we've talked about the blessing that Tyron Smith has been able to play and stay on the field and the fact that they have a nice plan for him uh, within practice, how they're, you know, giving him days off. Um, Terrence Steele getting better every week, you know, with his knee rehab and making sure that that is okay, you know, coming off of that. Uh, Tyler Smith looks to be, I know there's been some, conversation of has he been playing like the best guard on this team you know which is crazy to think about when you have Zach Martin on the other side and you know just consistently trying to get the best you can of Tyler Biotish I think at the end of the day when you look at championship caliber football teams you look at the you know the the guys up front you got to have a good pass rush and you got to be able to protect the quarterback and run the football and and I think the continued uh, gelling of that group is going to be super important. I know we could talk about, you know, getting Brandon Cooks involved more, and we can talk about, you know, making sure Tony Pollard runs better and the defense gets a million picks. But if you can win in the trenches, you're going to win a lot of football games. That's really well said. Um, not quite as good of an answer, Tony, as Hellman offered, only worth 94 points. But nevertheless, you have 144 points as well, just like Hellman does. Danny, before you go, uh, we are all about our audience here at Blogging the Boys. Uh, and uh, Ethan said, I hate that I'm late. What dishes did I miss? We obviously promised dishes. Um, so, Howman, you brought a pumpkin pie. Can we see the progress you've made, by the way, uh, on the screen, please? 
Yeah, so I, I'm okay. starting Al- my fast almost class. halfway. Almost yeah. halfway. Tony, you Tony, you made and brought deviled eggs. There were a dozen when you started. There are how many left? There's four. <laughs> There's four left. So you've uh taken care of 66% of the plate so far. Danny yeah. Phantom, you did not bring a dish, but you did bring an ale that I believe you finished. Is that correct? That is correct. I am a finisher. So um... Okay, so uh, in the spirit of that, Danny, and you're up next, obviously, uh, just so we know, because the essay portion of the evening is over, and Tony and Howman are tied. We don't know how many points you're going to yield, but I will award an extra 55 points to Tony or Howman, whoever finishes more of their remaining food after or before you are done speaking Danny Phantom so you are the uh the the hourglass that we're turning upside down while you speak you are giving Tony and Danny uh excuse me how many times speak are, are we are we judging it who eats more during this time or or yeah who, like, yeah like so t- t- Tony obviously has less to go um, so right. if you eat enough pie that is like you know relatively parallel to Tony's four deviled eggs um, you know, we'll give you we'll give you the win there. Uh, so it's a race between Howman and Tony, pumpkin pie versus deviled eggs. Uh, I would ask that you both go on mute <laughs> while Danny is uh, is speaking, at least. Uh, Danny, you can go as long as you want. Uh, so this is kind of in your hands as well. The clock starts now. Uh, what is the most underrated important thing over the next two games for the Cowboys besides health, O line, and defense? Well, that is a very good question. <laughs> RJ, I'm going to need to take my glasses off for this. Um, I, um, you know, when I think about this, uh, I, first off, I want to say I think Tony's answer was was pretty good because that's the direction I was going. But I'm going to go, because I have to, I'm going to take it a little bit of a different direction. And I'm just going to say the, the functional play of the Cowboys pass catchers. And this isn't just... Rest- related to catching the ball. This is uh, related to running good routes and how things – I'm not even paying attention to those guys because I can't see. <laughs> Tony's <laughs> Tony's wife wants him to stop eating things. <laughs> I feel like Michael said. Parsons right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, to try to make a, an actual intelligent point here um, – I, I, you know, I, I was eating this like see... pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, I want to see uh, them to be able to get more space and, and find some open players. And I thought that some of that closed down in, in last week. And so we got to be able to uh, be able to mitigate through that when, when other teams are, are scheming for us too. Another part of it too, is I want to see the uh, good blocking between the tight ends. I thought they're, they're doing a better job. I, this was a very good, uh, game from Luke Schoonmaker, which everybody's kind of just, you know, right. trashing on and terrible pick and blah, blah. And, you know, we know that tight ends, there's a learning curve. And I, I we're starting to see that progress. I thought he played really well. The blocking that he's doing is super important. So when you take into account that um, play calling and being able to get guys open in the right spots, making things easy for Dak. And, of course, a lot of that uh, can, is very dependent on, on, the, on the way the offensive line uh, protects too. But for me, I think that's one of the underrated things about that we need to see is just as how those pass catchers are able to contribute on offense. I think that's really well said. Um, you did. Was anybody even two... listening to me through that? Whole yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, you did pick up uh, a lot of points uh, for that answer, Danny, from me. 
Um, and in fact, um, you um, you picked up so many that you now have a sizable lead on the field. I gave you enough points to get you to 196, but you picked up two from the crowd. So you're sitting on 198 points. Incidentally, whoever wins this, I said, gets 55 points. Uh, so they are going to beat you, Danny Phantom. That is the drama of the show. Uh, they, the they, time they've is earned started. it. Yeah, I feel like Jeff Probst uh, right now, like, you know, hands up, challenge is over. Uh, we need to see your plates. By the way, um, as they finish chewing, Danny, um, oftentimes you're a fan of a lot of shows. I am like The Challenge and Survivor. Absolutely. Off oftentimes with eating challenges, you see people like drinking water. You know what I mean? To kind of help. Tony was going mm -hmm. soda. Like that was a really <laughs> uh, <laughs> interesting decision, Tony, uh, that I have to imagine made it a lot more difficult. I almost went Joey Chestnut dunking it in there and then, you know, just eating it. But no, I, it's yeah, a bad choice by my, by, by me. Okay, Tony, let's see the plate. Let's get a, let's get a final visual here. So you had four deviled eggs and there I only ate four... one and I'm sweating. Oh no, I, <laughs> I only ate one deviled egg and I'm, uh, I didn't know I could sweat from eating eggs, but I, I am currently sweating. Tony, you ate one deviled egg. <laughs> In that yeah, whole time, I, it is uh, it's it's not good. <laughs> We're not in a good situation right now. <laughs> How many? I think you've got this. Um, uh, I gotta give it all. I mean, he was can eating you show it like us? a New York slice. Yeah. Okay. So I've oh I've found <laughs> um, if I if I had known that you only eat one, I would have slowed up a bit. Good lord. Um I I mean, so we actually even equalized the challenge and said that Hauman wouldn't have to eat like the remaining <laughs> portion of the pie. I still think like Hauman's left with less than you were, Tony. Uh as like from when y'all initially began this an hour ago. Yeah, that was I mean, that's legitimately impressive. Because <laughs> there's no way I was competing with that effort right there. That's Tony. My stomach eight. is actively in pain. Actively. <laughs> Um, your wife noted that you ate a full dinner before the show. Can you let us know what it was? Because based on your decisions here, I have to imagine it was something that didn't gel well with the eggs. So, uh, you guys, you guys ever heard of like the the, the chicken wraps from McDonald's they used to make? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like you put like the ranch with the lettuce and the cheese. Well, we made them at home. So he did our own version of like chicken lettuce wraps, I guess. I don't know. Sounds good. So you had, yeah. so the chicken comes before the egg in your eyes. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of um, poultry consumption <laughs> here today. <laughs> um, I love it's a family show says Howman is about to enter Nathan's. Uh, that was seriously some impressive performance from you. Rick notes that Howman wins. Howman, I mentioned it was worth 55 points. You did it. 190 oh i didn't get that on the screen hey. i didn't uh oh i don't know why that didn't it's say it's too late uh, let's it's see. over uh, 199 points for david howman a new round table record uh edging danny phantom out by one point tony uh comfortably in third place with 144 howman how are you feeling besides uh the sugar rush that is percolating throughout your body right now yeah, it, it hasn't hit yet. I, I have a feeling though I, I in like an hour I'll do my best Micah Parsons impression from this weekend. Mm. Um but I mean when when you come away with the win, I think it was worth it and, and I'm I'm very uh very happy that my effort was well re well rewarded because 
this is this is gonna be rough in a little bit. <laughs> uh Danny, who were you more impressed with uh throughout the duration of this and certainly in the eleventh hour there? Well, honestly, I want to say I think uh Devil Diggs was a bold choice. Uh I don't know <laughs> if I would have went went that route. Uh but no, for reals, I mean, I don't know if ha if Hellman is in charge of bringing the pie to for the Thanksgiving and and that's what he has left and they're going to be a little bit disappointed, but that was impressive. I mean, if you actually ate all that pie, that I mean, that's you, d you definitely deserve to win for sure. So I mean, uh, it, I, I'm glad that you know I just kind of pulled the veteran move and just sit back and just had a nice drink and watched you guys put on this nice display uh, for it. But but well done, but both of you guys. Tony, um, did this impact your ability to enjoy deviled eggs on Thursday? I was actually literally just thinking that, and I'm not going to touch them. <laughs> like, there's no chance I could eat them. And if I knew this was going to be an eating contest like that, I would have made something a lot easier on the stomach. This is this is a you bad idea like, for me. Like How are you? What were you thinking? This was gonna was gonna go down today. <laughs> I didn't know. Just let us still have a snack every once. You know RJ is going to pull something like this. I thought it was more um, symbolic. You know, I'll have an egg or two. I didn't know I was going to have. Why to did you make a down. dozen then? Like what would what were you going to do with the rest? Like you made with um, would you would you smoke the other day? I was like, it's like pre turkey. It's like pre season. I had to you know get to make sure I still knew what I was doing. So I made a dozen. Um. Wow. Um. Kevin. Uh. Just confirms that Tony, you ate one egg. Um, I wish so. it was only one egg, but that was definitely not the case. <laughs> you all told eight, what, nine? Nine deviled eggs in the course yeah. of an hour? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's it's not Hellman's pumpkin pie. Not great. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we got a lot of the happy... Pumpkin pie goes down easier than the deviled egg, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes down, uh, at the very least. But <laughs> um, Joseph says, I uh, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving holiday. We are thankful for you all at Blogging the Boys. How about them Cowboys? Uh, last thing, uh, I think I speak for all of you in saying that we're super thankful for all Blog of the Boys readers, listeners, viewers, people who participate and are active on social media. Um, it's all of our dreams to talk about the Cowboys and the fact that anybody wants to do with us is the coolest thing. So we can go around and everyone offer their, their actual spiel about what they're thankful for. Tony, you can go first because I think you're going to throw up uh, before anybody else. Yeah, first, uh, obviously, I'm very thankful for my family. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for you, RJ, and David, and Danny. Like, it's I'm, – I'm just thankful for blogging the boys. I put up a LinkedIn, you know, yesterday about how grateful I was that, you know, David Halpern and everybody gave me an opportunity to do this. Like, I had no formal training. Um, just knew I was a guy who loved the Dallas Cowboys, wanted the platform to talk about it. And, and to be honest, a lot of people ignored me. You know, and, and David didn't. He gave me an opportunity. RJ, you put me on – you know, a microphone to talk about Israel Mukawama when he got drafted. And from that point on, I think I've been on like everything you've ever asked before uh, since. So I'm um, very grateful for all you guys. I love doing this. I love doing every Tuesday. And um, obviously the viewers, the viewers is what makes it the best. Like we do it. I can't believe that anybody wants to sit here and listen to us talk football, but the fact that we can banter back and forth and, you know, ultimately we'll be here next Tuesday and I appreciate everybody and hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving. Howman, because I think your um, your you know hourglass is also running out in a different sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little bit behind Tony there. Um, yeah, I, I'll echo the same thing Tony said. I'm I'm really uh, thankful for the whole blogging the boys family, everybody that that uh, that that I work with here, and um, you know the three incredible people on this call with me. Um, you know, it, it's it's an absolute dream to be able to to write about, talk about the Cowboys and, and do it to a, a pretty large audience of people who are just as passionate about the Cowboys as I am. 
Um, so that that's just an incredible blessing and, and very thankful for that, of course. Thankful for the actual team, the Cowboys that we cover, and then the fact that they're, like Danny was saying in the beginning, they're they're competitive, they're playing well, they, they give us something to talk about to where we're not just miserable and saying like, oh, what, what are we going to do in the draft at this point? And it's, it's only November, so... Uh, thankful for that. And of course, thankful for friends and family in the area. This is my second year since moving out of Arizona. And um, it, it's nice to have a, a good group of people to, to spend Thanksgiving with and really just, um, you know, have community and be thankful for everything that, that we have in life. Daniel Phantom. You know, the, the, the young Danny Phantom would have been thankful for the fact that the Cowboys are a televised, televised game on Thursday when sometimes you didn't you didn't always get to see him if you didn't live in the area so it was a now it was a, a true treat for someone like me um but now it's you know we can watch all the games and stuff so what I'm more thankful for now is that you know, we get to watch the game we get to talk about the game you just have there's a lot of people that out there actually listen to what you have to say and you know what and since the scoring's over you know I want to say I'm thankful for you RJ I'm thankful that you joined the BTB and you know in the in what you've done with 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 this uh, website and both with podcasts and everything, it's just been fantastic. It brings us all together. You know, we have a, we have a family and it's just, you know, you, the holidays is the time with your family, but we also get to spend it with our Cowboys family. And that is something that is, it, it, it's special. So I'm, I'm thankful for all you guys. And um, you know, I just, it's, it's just really a, a treat to be able to do this. Yeah. I think that's really well said. I've said it often. Um, you mentioned the young Danny Phantom. The high school version of RJ would think it was the sickest thing in the world that anybody ever wanted to hear him talk about the Cowboys because I felt like at that time in my life, I just had this insane passion um, that that nobody could match, that that would annoy everybody. Um, and so to find an outlet for that in general um, and an appreciation for that um, is really kind of one of the greater blessings in my life. Um, I also am grateful for my son. Uh, he turns two on Friday. And I do want to say um, he he was born, you all know, two months premature, uh, spent two months almost in the NICU. And so this time of year, I think a lot about families who are dealing with that. Uh, my DMs on Instagram are open if anybody wants to talk about that or has any questions about that. I know it's a, a scary process. Um, and, and my wife and I are really grateful to God to have made it through and grateful for our son. Uh, but uh, I think about that at this time of year, just because it is the holidays and those are hard days to kind of spin. And I'm grateful for NICU nurses and doctors and um, all these people who are charged with with saving lives of little precious babies. And uh, really grateful for the hands that my son was in at the time. Um, and the Cowboys had the nerve to lose the day after he was born to the freaking Raiders of all teams. Like, can you believe that that's the world that they welcomed my son into? A loss against the Raiders and Anthony Brown with like 14 pass interference penalties. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, Tony, um, since you decided to take another swig of soda. You're still eating it, Hellman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, uh, let's have you tell us the best Thanksgiving Day movie. Is that a thing? I actually asked about this recently, and uh, the response I got from a lot of people was planes, trains, and automobiles. People think that's a Thanksgiving movie. Um, I think Scent of a Woman is a Thanksgiving movie. It, it occurs over Thanksgiving. Um, I also tweeted out asking for the best Thanksgiving episodes of television. And I got a lot of, um, is it WRKM or something like that? Uh, some, some whatever. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah um, I got that. There's a lot of great Friends episodes. So, you know, Tony, you can go TV, you can go movie. Uh, but it's a, a production that is related to Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is uh you guys are gonna think i'm such a clown but 
I used to wake up really early and one of my favorite Thanksgiving episodes ever would be on at like 530 in the morning and it'd be like home improvement when they went to like a Detroit Lions game. So <laughs> that's the number one Thanksgiving show I can think of. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.